Welcome to another episode of Big Risk Energy. I'm your host, Roy Samuel. I'm a serial entrepreneur, having founded multiple businesses, including one that I scaled and sold to a gaming company in 2018. I've been an investor for the last five years, and I'm super passionate about neurodiversity, suffering with severe ADHD and dyslexia myself. On this podcast, we talk to an amazing range of people, from actors to academics, investors to entrepreneurs, politicians, musicians, scientists, and everyone in between. And we talk to these people about risk, risks they've taken in their lives, risks they've taken in their careers, when they paid off and when they didn't. And on today's show, I am blessed to be joined by the one and only Niaz Azad. Niaz is a serial entrepreneur. He's the co-founder of Millennial Money and the host of the Loose Change podcast. Niaz, thank you so much for coming on the show. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. So you've done something which 90% of people I know are incredibly jealous of and, and wish they could do the same, which is start transitioning, start attempting to do the nine to five thing, but also following their passion, doing things that are really exciting and watching that grow in an amazing way. So what's the journey there? What are the risks been along the way? Um, first of all, I think it's easy to glamorize it and for people to be really jealous of it. It is amazing and I'm like super grateful of the journey and being able to do something alongside like working. And I call it like loosely unplugging yourself from the, from the rat race, but also having the security of, of working as well. Um, it's been an amazing journey and you do learn so much from actually trying to launch something yourself. Um, but it, it's like a glass shattering experience, mm. especially if you're working at the same time. Um, because you realize that the social contract that you've been sold isn't the only way to succeed. But at the same time, you're kind of in that rat race as well. Um, but it's been an amazing journey. Um, I think for me, I've always had a bit of a creative itch, um, but also always been told that go to a good uni. We went to uni together yep. um, and, and get your good grades and then get into your secure job. Um, and I thought, yeah, maybe, maybe that is the way to go. But mm. like, it's, it's a bit down the line. Um, and I kind of remember jumping through all of those hoops, right? I've gone to uni now, studied law because I was told, yeah, that's, that's, that's what you do. You mm -hmm. go, you go, if you're not going to be, um, if you're not science minded, you go ahead and do law. And I'm terrible with numbers. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I did that, did quite well, didn't love it. Yeah. Um, and then started um, my career in the legal sector yeah. um, where I've been for coming on six, seven years now. So when did the penny drop? Because I love that, because I think you're, you're totally spot on and, and something we talk about a lot, which is life is a selection of narratives, mm -hmm. right? And you can choose lots of different narratives that you want to follow, lots of identities that people want to follow. When did the penny drop for you that actually you don't need to follow this social contract that you've been sold, which yep. is the 2.3 kids, you know, whatever else. Yeah, it might yeah, be. Yeah. When did that penny drop? Bro, I think I was just really fortunate in that I just made a series of decisions and it started to unravel for me. Um, so even the fact that I studied law, mm -hmm. I actually, what's really funny is I got an art scholarship when I was 16, oh, really? which is so different to <laughs> like the, the path that I took. I didn't take the art scholarship. I sort of moved on um, and then pursued an academic route. But I always had a bit of a creative itch, um, which went fairly unresolved, but I realized that in small ways, I was always mm. like attending to it. Mm -hmm. like, even at university, I, I remember like, okay, I'm going to study, but I want to do something else as yeah. well. Um, I remember your nights fondly. Yeah, yeah. The exactly. ones that I do remember. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> we spent many of those together. Um, but then sort of like I was working and things were going well, my career was going well, and it, and, and it still is. Um, I always was like, 
there's something else I want to do outside. I don't know why, but I kind of want to do it. Um, which bred into different sort of like brands that I'd always considered. Um, and it's so funny with Millennial Money, which is a company that I'm, I'm scaling now with, with one of my best friends. Um, it's so weird because it was conversations that me and friends were having uh, about money and life and like whether the social contract that we've been sold mm. is broken. And it was just like loads of loose conversations. I remember walking to work one day and just called my mate and I was like, I've got this idea, like it, it could be nothing, but I've just got this weird idea. And it's so fun. I was walking to work and I called him and he picked up. Fair play to him because most people would be like, oh, just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I think we should like try and do something. So if you imagine your mate calling you and being like, actually, you, you, you'd probably go for it because you're amazing. No, I, don't, I, pick up the, <laughs> I pick up the phone with like three people and that's it's scheduled. So. <laughs> Listen, I've got this idea, like, let's just, and we didn't have a lot of money at the time. Yeah. Like, we're still in this rat How rate. old are you guys at this stage? 24, 25, maybe slightly. I've lost track before, pre, it's pre-pandemic. Pre so like, yeah. like uh, a couple of years, pre, um, like a year maybe pre-pandemic. Um, I was like, we don't have a lot of savings at the moment because we just spend it all on going out. Sure. Um, but I've got this idea. Let's just put whatever money we have together and design a brand. Mm -hmm. This is what I think it's going to do. He was like, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> and that, <laughs> that delusion. Love that. And that delusion, I think you kind of need as an entrepreneur yes. as well at the early stage. Absolutely. Um, and because I had my mate who was like, yeah, let's do it and jump in with me. I think that's when it started to unravel and the excitement builds at the start. Yeah. Um, and then when we launched, um, and it was very actually like considered launch, even though it felt like we're just doing something by chance mm -hmm. um, and started to gain a bit of traction, I was like, hold on, there's this whole other world out there where you can create something and create value um, based off an idea that you've had. Mm. It's not just like the value that someone ascribes to me because of the work that I do for them. Sure. I can actually create value seemingly out of nothing. Yeah. and eventually make money from it. Which is incredible. And when you've started with millennial money, uh, I think as well, what you're tapping into with the type of content you're creating is very similar to the feeling you guys have, which mm. is, you know, that challenging idea of what we should be doing, yeah. you know, what is current education around the way that people look at yeah. building the money. I mean, let's, I want to get really deep with you. Yeah, mate, right? mate, mate, feel free. I'm so, a deep guy. <laughs> so, I find it very, very interesting to see two big trends going on within, you know, millennials and Gen Z, which is one is people who are understanding financial well-being, understanding the, that they can have things they want at a later date, yeah. being really sensible. And I see a lot of people who are living for the ground. Yeah, yeah. Right. And where do you see society going? And what have you seen with the content you guys create? So I think there is a definite shift at the moment where um, there's a realization. This is kind of what underpins our brand. There's a realization that perhaps the things that we were taught by our mentors, um, parents, even um, all of that advice came from a different context and mm -hmm. a different setting. And uh, a lot of that advice might not apply today. Mm -hmm. um, so our parents, for example, like they, uh, my dad, he, he was lucky that he got into the property market 20 years ago, all across East London. Amazing. He never, never had a pension. He never was employed. He was employed in this country, but he hated it. He couldn't work for anyone. It's probably why. <laughs> <laughs> and like he'd, he'd quit really, really quickly, but he always was like, no, I need to be my own boss. Yeah. 
just bought loads of property. He never had to consider a pension. And obviously the, he was lucky enough to experience yeah. the boom over the last two decades. Yeah. Uh, and that is his pension, yeah. right? We can't do the same thing. No, right? I, I, it's amazing you said that. And I, I, I say to my dad frequently, I'm yeah. like, how did you not make money during that time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to say like, I, like, it was so there yeah, yeah. for that generation. Yeah. As hard done by as they feel they are. Yeah, yeah, it, was, yeah, they, it was so there for that generation. They were giving away 110% mortgages. Yes, at times. I know. My dad got 110% yeah, mortgage. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, how did you not ride that wave? It's crazy. How did you not I realize you had a, just done that again and again? I, I should be, I should like, I sometimes say to my dad, I was like, how did you not make more? Like yeah. you, you, you played it so safe in that, in that period. Um, but he was like, yeah, I had kids, I had different considerations, course, yeah, I had yeah. to be like, and, and I do get it, and I do get it. And at the time, you don't realize how good you have it, I guess. Yeah. But I think we have potentially, we can't mm -hmm. say yet, like equally like scalable opportunities, mm. we just don't know it yet, right? Because mm. with this advent of technology and, and, and other things, and the fact that we can build companies like you've yeah. done out of thin air, I say out of thin air. That's no, 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 you're works. totally right. But I mean, the way the technology has moved, the things that we've been able to do just by utilizing open source APIs yeah. has allowed us to go so much quicker by not having to build yeah. everything as proprietary technology. So you're totally right. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's different opportunities. Um, and to come back to your previous question, I think it's first of all recognizing that we've got entirely different conditions mm. um, than we did before. And people are collectively realizing that and we kind of have to learn from each other. Um, and then, but mixed with that <laughs> into this pot is the fact that we've also grown up with social media, um, particularly our generation mm -hmm. where a lot of it is the highlight reel, which, yep. which I think Gen Z are breaking away from because things like um, TikTok is, is, is much more of a candid, like look mm. into people's lives. It's very interesting. Whereas um, Instagram and us being like the Instagram era, it was much more lifestyle aesthetic. Very Basically, it, it, a lot of it was bullshit. Like yeah. that's, that it, it is to become your own PR machine. And that is now fading away slightly. Like it's still there, obviously. Um, but now things are, and particularly for Gen Z, um, they want to give a candid insight into life and and also actually not just a candid insight into life how to gamify life mm. which is so it's so like there's there's so many concepts now that i'm finding online i'm like wow your priorities are so much more productive than the ones that we have yeah it's 100%. Crazy. yeah you're right that democratization to access of info yeah is amazing Mate, and I'm, that's why what you guys are doing is so amazing what's why when i saw it i saw your first two bits of content I was yeah like, you, guys are gonna you smash messaged it. me straight away and yeah, i really appreciate it you guys that. are going to smash it yeah. because it's you know, if I have controversial views on reality, yeah. I fundamentally believe we do live in a simulation. <laughs> yeah. I've said this for a very long time. And there are rules within the simulation that are not actually the rules which you have to abide by. Yeah. And it's that gamification, that access to info, mm. realizing all these hacks of making the system work for you yeah. are incredibly powerful. So I had so, so two, two points on that. And there's a funny example that I'll give you. Um, uh, the first one was I realized uh, in my previous um, law firm that I worked at, they, they took us on as a client whilst mm -hmm. I was an employee. So I delivered um, workshops for mm -hmm. them as founder of Millennial Money. And I also was obviously a full-time employee. And it was amazing to see the support from the employer. Um, but I remember I then sent them an invoice, which was more than my month's salary. <laughs> And I was like, hold on, this is... That's, that's a wake-up moment. That's a moment, sure, right? Yeah. That's a moment. You're like, wait, what? 
this is this is crazy. Like this is a month's work. This is not a month's work. Yeah. And there's parity. And it's moments like that that you realise that hold on, this is a. This so is a what? Game. So at that moment in time, mm. what's the thing that stops you saying, pivot? I'm going full time on this. Yeah. Do you know what? I, I think about it. I think about it regularly, and like any of my friends will know that I've always kind of teased with the idea of doing it and like going for it and then not. Um, I think part of it is there is a, a minimal part of it is fear, mm -hmm. um, but I think also I felt like I had the capacity for a while just to do both because yeah. I saw some people doing both, and I was yeah. like, if they can do it, like I can do both, right? And how are you managing that? How, how do you, how's the body feeling? Oh, mate, it's insane. It's crazy. I, it's so funny because I often get texts, and I'm sure you're the same considering how busy you are um, from like friends recently, much more so. And it makes me realize that, wait, I, I am a really busy person. Mm. Um, they're like, oh, make sure that you're not working too hard or you're looking after yourself. And I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm actually working all the time. Yeah. Um, it doesn't always feel like work, which is great. Like, it doesn't always actually feel like work. Um, but at times it really does. So I describe it as doing two full-time jobs because mm. um, you're a full-time entrepreneur mm. um, when you begin to scale, but you're also still working full-time. Um, but there is a whole, I, I don't know, I feel like this space is growing. Um, there's a YouTuber called Ali Abdel mm -hmm. um, and he refers, uh, he's got a course called like the Part-Time YouTuber Academy. Interesting. Um, which is, uh, I think it's, he's doing incredible with that. But I think the concept is, you don't necessarily need to quit and go full time because everyone really glamorizes the success of being a founder. Mm -hmm. It's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. It's also not often very successful. Exa exactly, exactly. <laughs> which most people don't, which most people don't appreciate, right? Yeah. Um, I think it's smart. There is an in between. It, it, it is smart. It's a good strategy. It, it is. This is the thing. I want to be taking money advice from someone with a good <laughs> yeah. diversified strategy, which you've got. Yeah. It, it is. It is. It is the more secure way. Yeah. Because you're kind of not taking the big risks and letting go straight away um, but you're transitioning or, or perhaps you want to keep it up mm. for, for a long time but I think there is this is going to be more and more common now especially with like the future of content becoming part and parcel to any business yeah um, we and, and I see so many famous like content creators who are making millions by the way some of whom are still working full-time yeah. So Ali Abdal, who you referenced, he mm -hmm. was a doctor in the NHS. Mm -hmm. The same year he made over a million from YouTube. Wow. And you think it's not necessarily about money. No. And obviously he's now gone full time, but it took a while for him to transition and, yeah. and, and go, go full time into the content. Game. Really interesting. Really interesting. And I think um, you make a lot of really, really good points there, especially about the future of work. But I, I think on a micro level, like individuals who enjoy what they're doing, you know, why would you give up things that you're passionate about? Why yeah. would you give up things that you do enjoy? And eventually you might make those decisions, but if you don't feel pressured, there's no need. It's also relatability. Mm. So uh, touching back on what we said about content being candid and relatable, right? Um, I think a lot of what we talk about, people and people relate to Shaq and I, yeah. know, as we share our stories, the fact that we work. Um, Shaq and full-time work as well. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's still working full-time as well. Um, it is the fact that we do work and we can talk about people's experiences because there is also a danger, especially when it comes to money and finances. Mm. And this is exactly the angle that we didn't take is that there's a real guru complex mm -hmm. where it's like, yo, look at me, I've made loads of money, listen to me. Whereas that's a complete lie. Our angle, actually, the reason we got traction was we came on and we kind of laughed at ourselves and, and said, listen, 
we've made every mistake there is to make yeah, about money. Yeah. But along the way we've learned and we've understood why most of us don't understand money. We're just like you, so maybe let's learn together. That's yeah. our angle rather than the guru angle. And I think that's why people bought into us. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, and I think um, it's having that authenticity, that reality there, which does set you apart from so many, you know, you can go and buy an FX trading course yeah, and you no. know, make 10 million a week, right? Yeah. But, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really refreshing to see. And one of the features that I've always loved and genuinely I still read every single time is when you've got, uh, you're interviewing different people yeah. and yeah. it's like the anonymous Yeah, the money, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the and I always like to check in to see how deluded I am, how bad <laughs> my it, relationship it, with different it, things is. It's crazy yeah. and it offers a lot of perspective. Yeah. It's actually really humbling as well mm. because, um, and we get a lot of comments from people saying, uh, wow, this has really humbled me because there's people saying they're dreaming of one day being on my salary and I feel like it's not enough. Yeah. Um, and I sometimes like, I, I look at these posts and I'm like, I'm, how, how can I complain? Yeah. There's people like sustaining families on this amount or, or hoping to one day reach this amount. 100%. It really does offer a lot of perspective. Well, that's it. And you know, life is perception, right? If, if reality is literally what you make of it and yeah. life is perception. So when I read it and you've got a, a teacher who's on 28K and it's yeah. like, you have more savings than I had yeah, when I was yeah, making twice yeah, a, yeah, before yeah. I sold my company. Yeah, I had nothing. It's like, yeah. God, I was a real fuck up. Yeah, so yeah, you know, it's, it's amazing when you see their stories, but yeah. it does, it, I really feel like with the content you guys do, and again, I want your opinion on this in a sec, but it does give me a lot of optimism that yeah. people feel optimistic yeah. because I talk to a lot of people yeah. and you know, when we talk about our parents' yeah. generation, yeah. things in the 80s, things in the 90s, felt like they were going in the right direction. Yeah. People were excited by yeah, new yeah. technologies coming, yeah. new opportunities, the future looked bright. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about you, <laughs> but I reckon we've all got like 15, 20 years left to make any money. Yeah. And it's, you know, uh, then it's potentially the end days, yeah. right? So I don't know, like, how do you see people's perception of the future? Are people excited? I think there is optimism, despite the doom and gloom because there is now um, an appetite to learn about money. Mm. I think previous generations, it was just such a taboo, mm. right? You don't talk about money, don't talk about how much you earn, but give the perception that you have quite a bit. And then it's, it's also, okay, let's keep up with what we perceive these guys to have, mm. right? It was real smoke and mirrors everywhere. And now I think as things are breaking down, people are being made aware of opportunities um, and realizing that it's not, not all out of reach. But also for some people, they don't necessarily just want to earn more money. Yeah. Like it's different things that they can dive into. So I think there's an optimism founded on some more reality, which is coming out of the transparency mm. made available by social media. Does that That's make right. sense? Because it's, it's democratized, first of all, information, but it's also given access to people's experiences. So the fact that I have a friend from university who's managed to build a business and exit and build another business, right? And I'm sitting in front of you. I know that's within the realms of possibility, mm, right? Yeah, you've got to um, see it to believe it, right? It 100%. Helps. Yeah, and I think it's why it's so important as well, like having that diversity in terms of people's backgrounds, people's 100%. education, nationality, all those things, 100%. because it's so important that people need to see it to believe it. I, so we didn't appreciate that as much. Uh, so Shaq and I, we often get messages saying, wow, like two non-white mm -hmm. um, guys who are doing this. This is, um, We almost forget because we're like, yeah. oh, oh, wait, actually, because money's always been dominated by old white males. 
right? And that's part of why people felt really disillusioned. Yeah. And most of our followers are actually women. Mm. Again, because it's wow. democratized, because it's, again, they're another like, demographic that have historically been disenfranchised from money or the conversation of money. Yeah. So we hadn't really appreciated representation, transparency, and access, because like, uh, they're almost, they feel collateral, but they're actually yeah. really important points that come into it and empower people without you knowing it. Yeah, it's so important. And literally, it, you need to see it to believe it because otherwise it's something that, and, and again, it goes back to representation and, and there's a lot of people for one reason or another who get upset about a drive of a better yeah, representation. Yeah. Yeah. But because like it's a, I think it's just a human thing that yeah. I need to be able to imagine what that looks like for me. Yeah. And if you listen to like sports people, when they talk about visualization, mm -hmm. they need to visualize themselves scoring that penalty. So giving people the tools to imagine that's within the realms of their possibility yeah. is so important and definitely, I'm sure a huge reason as to why people have responded so well to you guys. Yeah, I, I, I imagine so as well. And, and, and have you found that with, I know I enjoy a lot of your neurodivergent content as well. And I think I shared with you that I found out recently, my brother was diagnosed with ADHD mm -hmm. um, very late on in life. How old was he so when he was he diagnosed? Was, he's 24 now. Wow, yeah, and he was that's diagnosed, tough. He was diagnosed at 22. Yeah. 22, so really his tough. whole life, we were like, he's so talented, right? And like, he like taught himself to play the piano in like two weeks. And like, taught himself to play <laughs> the guitar. But then we'd be like, why are you so bad with like time management? Mm -hmm. And like, he'd always get feedback like he could he he's like a bit distracted and everything and his whole life he we, he had ADHD yeah and he just always felt like maybe he's like too lazy or yeah. too um but that was like a real moment it where, must have been such a light bulb moment yeah it was life-changing he actually ran home and he was like I told you I told you you guys you guys have blamed me my whole life but yeah I was really, it's just great for that reason yeah. like, you can finally tell everyone yeah. when right. did you when did you find out? I was 15 okay. I was 15 and I, I found out because I was about to be expelled wow. from secondary school I was the worst behaved I was getting into all sorts really? like I was just a, a nightmare, rightfully rightfully mm. so. Mm. I say rightfully so. The way that I was behaving would lend itself to someone who should be expelled yeah. because I was that much of a nuisance, that much really? of a distraction. Wow. So bad. And then I, I got the diagnosis yeah. and I took medication for a while yeah. and I found that really helped. And then I came off it and I haven't taken medication yeah. in years. And there's lots of pros and cons with that. And, yeah. and, you know, there needs to be more information available mm. to people about the realities of taking that medication and not, and, and the impact it has on every area of your life. Yeah. But for sure, you know, when you find that out, and when you do the, uh, again, goes back to information, the research and, and the learning around the different types of thinking associated with that specific neurodivergence, yeah. like catastrophic thinking or magical thinking, you know, yeah. one day you can wake up and you can take over the world. Yes. Right. Next day, nothing's changed. Yeah. Objectively, the exact same situation as the yeah. day before, but you're a piece of shit who can't accomplish anything. Yeah, it's mad. You know, and just by learning about that, it's like, okay, this is my ADHD, and, and that's why it's such a, a life-changing moment, I think. But the, the diagnosis, was it quite validating of your feelings and experiences? Yeah, for sure. And I was very, very thankful to my school, mm. which, although it was a state school, mm. had a very, very strong focus on uh, special needs education. Wow, that's um, yeah, exactly. So being able to, like, for example, get a laptop for my exams because wow. dyslexia is off. Yeah. Like, I couldn't write. Yeah, like, I couldn't do it. Like I literally wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have got to uni. Yeah. without that diagnosis. Wow. Do you know what I mean? And it's like you see the the way that things go from yeah. there, and then, 
you know, being you guys are seeing all the yeah, entrepreneurial, yeah. isn't it? It's all butterfly effect, right? So it's crazy. Hel- helping people get those those diagnoses. And I can imagine if I found out at 22, I'd have a real feeling of frustration of yeah. like, what if I found out earlier? Yeah, and like, um, thankfully he's doing amazingly well. Like he's just started his career in the city. Nice. Um, and it, they gave him an opportunity through his neurodivergence, right? So he's working at Bloomberg. And, Amazing. And he was like, I would never have managed to get a job at Bloomberg. He did politics at uni. Yeah. But now in his cohort, he's one of the highest performers. Incredible. It's And you just think like yeah. the, the usual um, barriers and the yeah. usual m- measuring yardsticks, they don't always apply to everyone. Yeah. So it's been, it's been inspiring. But to, to, to take it back to what you were um, asking earlier, I think that validation and representation kind of go hand in hand because mm. it's like I don't need to be put under any limitations that someone else puts over me. And that is a big thing that I realized as well. That was another penny drop moment um, because the limitations people put over you might be a manager that you have, right, that tells you your shit. Or it might be a place that you're working in that you don't entirely fit in and they make you feel like, oh, you're one of the ones that you should succumb to mediocrity. And then you kind of break away and do something for yourself. The conversation changes. Yeah. The conversation changes. And it's the same feeling when you're working, right, um, in a corporate job or, or whatever mm. job. And then you break away and you do something for yourself. You're at the table with usually people uh, at a different sort yeah. of level of the Because you're speaking to, so suddenly when I was, became a founder or a, a, a founder of a company whilst working, the conversation that I was having with people as a founder was with other founders mm-hmm. or CEOs. Or, mm-hmm. um, but within the corporate structure that I sat in, I might have just been uh, an early level manager or, yeah. or an analyst or whatever. Um, it breaks everything. And that's the glass. So term. interesting. So it really, when you're doing both at the same time, yeah. in your simulation um, uh, reality, um, it, it's it's like a big like glitch, yeah. Because totally. because the, the 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 level that you're in, you've like suddenly found a glitch where you're like, wait, I, but I can step into, I can step in here as well. Exactly. It's insane. A hundred percent. And it's a real weird reality because you see how most people, uh, like all of us included, because it's all we've ever been told is that you follow this route. Yeah. And you do it for long enough, and you're going to have all of these things. Right, which was a house and like um, kids go to good schools, holidays, whatever, right, and a mortgage, yeah. And that's that's what you can achieve if you just follow this route. And that's a fairly happy route for some, um, or or for most, Mm -hmm. right? Um, But then you're like, wait, I can achieve it by other means and maybe like not have to just be given this contract or this promise, which which isn't even achievable anymore through these means. Yeah. Um, It's a real like, and this is it, and it is, and it, it does break your mind in a way yeah. because it does make you question everything in that sense. Yeah. And, um, you know, so much stuff that you go into that side, but how does it then feel for you when by night yeah. you're yeah. running things, you're having those conversations, you can knock on anyone's door and have yeah. a meaningful conversation because of what you've built with millennial money, yeah. and then by day? It's... Um... So it must be frustrating, right? Yeah, it, it's weird to compartmentalize. At mm. first, sometimes I, I wondered whether it would be a bit awkward. Um, but then I've seen like other creators yep. um, in the workplace now, and yep. I think that's made it a bit, a bit easier. Because at first you're like, wait, what, what's, what are they going to think? Like, yeah, what's it going to yeah. be like? Um, but I think, by and large, people have 
certainly my, my employers and Shaq's employers have been really lucky. They've been really supportive. Yes. Um, I think it's made me better at my job because I'm not afraid to like face off with senior stakeholders um, and feel small mm. um, because I'm like, I, I have very serious conversations outside of it mm -hmm. with very senior stakeholders that actually impacts my bottom line. Yeah. So I, I don't feel as nervous, but there are times where you're, where you notice the red tape, the bureaucracy, and it's like, this is bullshit. Like, you <laughs> yeah. don't need to go through so many different hoops to, um, to make this decision. Those are the frustrations. Yeah, I can um, imagine. I can imagine. And in terms of moving forward, like, do you see that the risks you've taken in your career with Millennial Money have led to a different approach to risk in other areas of life as well? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think um, it's now I've become a bit more nonchalant um, as much as possible. Um, where because if you don't try something, you're guaranteed it's not going to work. And I know people used to always say that, and I used to be like, "Yeah, shut up, shut <laughs> up." But, Sounds cliche, yeah, but it's true, it's, right? But it's it's crazy. Like some of the com even like people are so obsessed with vanity metrics. They don't realize how much opportunity they close themselves off mm -hmm. to. Um, there was videos that we'd released, because we've only just pivoted to video. I was like, oh, I was getting like 100, 200 views. You're not realizing that one of those views is a person, by the way. Mm. And then we jumped on like a, um, a call with a PR agency who reached out to us and got a significant contract because one of those 200 views was like a major UK like corporate. And you're like, what? You're, how are you finding this stuff? You don't realize it. Like, yeah. you really don't. When you get caught up in the vanity metrics, you don't realize. And I was like, wait, I would have closed myself off to that opportunity because of the number I'm seeing yeah. the algorithm is popping up. Yeah, um, totally. And I think as well, what you learn, like when you've gone around the cycle a few times is it always starts small. Yeah. I mean, you might get lucky. You yeah. might get super lucky and hit something viral very, very yeah. early. But for the most part, and in many ways, that's actually not the way yeah, to do it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because like a lot of people aren't ready to go viral. Yeah. I don't know if, if we, like, if we'd have gone super duper viral, we have gone really viral once. Yeah. Um, but it was across like different platforms. And yeah. someone was, one of my friends was telling me this infographic you made, he's a, he's a, he's a political reporter. Um, he was like, one of the infographics you made was discussed by politicians mm -hmm. in, uh, I, I don't want to say the commons, but I was like, what? Like, this is something that I just, I sat in my room. Yeah. Like, it's so funny to think yeah. it's something that I just sat in my room and like made. Like, yeah. Like, and you, you watch it go viral and you're like, how's this happening? Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I remember when we were doing real sport, we had something, we nearly got sued by Man City. Really? Because it went so big. Yeah, because we didn't get the right licensing in place. Like we didn't have the right licensing yeah, you at all and just blew up on Facebook. And we're like, Shit. No, no. <laughs> we were like amazing. And then we got a legal letter and like, oh, yeah, Jesus. so yeah, you know, you never know. But I think what you realize is that um, even if something does go viral or like you have a massive sales day, like making this applicable to other businesses, whatever it might be, like it's always going to be yeah. like that, yeah. right? And therefore you can't be scared to be seen when it's on that part of the curve. Yeah. You know, there's going to be things that you do that don't work. We mm. fail every single day across multiple different you know verticals yep. within everything that we do yeah right failure is just part of this journey yeah the difference is it's that fear piece that you mentioned at mm. the start and although even if you're not gone all in the hardest thing yeah is to put the first thing out 
Yeah, hundred percent. It's it's mad. Like, like I said, it's I, for us. So, for example, we've never ever done outbound. Like, mm -hmm. we've never done, and which is great because we because I've worked in corporate businesses. I've worked in sales before. Yeah, it's all outbound, reaching out, cold calls, whatever. Right, um, and prospecting. Mm -hmm. We've never ever done anything outbound, and we've made a, like we've scaled a business, right? All of the money we've made is inbound. People saying, we want to work with you. How Amazing. easy is that to sell? Like, it's such an easy sell. I go into sales school thinking I'm the guy, but really they already wanted to work <laughs> with me, right? And the reason that's possible is because all of our outbound is the stuff that we're putting out. Yeah. That is yeah. the outbound. Because you're, you're, you're putting out your content. People are like, they're seeing it already and they're finding you. So putting, I think getting your head wrapped around that and putting mm -hmm. yourself out there is just opening up the net of opportunities mm -hmm. and eventually more and more will just fall into it. Totally. And I think it's a, a really interesting one. And when we talk about future of work, I see lots of different routes there. But if we talk about future of employment as mm. well, it's interesting that I, I do believe there'll be a massive trend towards, um, you know, it's not going to be which education you have, it's what authority do you have around yeah. your subject yeah. and i think we're going to see a new type of marginalization mm. as more and more people become content creators yeah for those who have created the content and those who yeah. haven't like i encourage with connected every single I was gonna ask post you that. every single day i was gonna do it every single day i was gonna ask you that win-win yeah win-win yeah. there's yeah. no downside it's good for us it's good for you yeah. like personal brand personal branding but I, I see that that's going to be a new challenge now i think there are very interesting ways of um rewarding and remunerating people who want to get involved with lots of different projects, like DAOs, for example, I think mm -hmm. are a really interesting concept, which are going to become more and more prevalent yeah. as you know, Web3 technologies start taking over. And I think that that will be a thing, yeah. but I can't, I literally can't encourage my team enough, yeah. like start building that personal yeah. brand because ultimately that's going to be yeah. one of your biggest differentiators in a couple of years. Well, you're the personal brand king on LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, it's true. It, it really, so there, there's uh, a guy called Alex Hormozzi. I don't know okay. if you know who that is, right? He's a he's uh, scaled like a hundred million. He says his net worth is a hundred million dollars now, and he hated the idea of personal branding mm -hmm. until he realised that you, it entirely helps his business, right? He was like, I don't want to be famous. Like I'm just yeah. some like weird old guy. Like he and his business was from gyms. Like he mm -hmm. he had loads of like gyms that he'd like expanded and franchised. That was his original business. And then he said, when he saw, is it Kylie Jenner that was a billionaire? Yeah, I think so. Well, I'm One probably of, yeah. not qualified so, to say that. But yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I think he said I when he so. saw that Kylie Jenner became a billionaire, yeah. all from personal branding. Yeah. That's the Kardashians, and like, that's what they done. It's all personal branding. He was like, wow, I'm, I'm a piece of shit. Like, I'm yeah. working this hard, and this, <laughs> this like, uh, 23 or 24-year-old has become a billionaire just yeah. from Instagram clout. Yeah. Right? But he took that concept, and he realized that Building your personal brand is going to become more and more important because that is the association that people have with, it's, it's a funnel. Um, yeah, so it's, it's a funnel that people have um, into uh, your uh, corporation, basically. It's a marketing arm. A hundred, a hundred It's a channel. And yeah. it can be your most powerful organic one. Exactly. And, and we talk about ROI, we talk about cost of acquisition. Yep. Personal branding channel is always going to be your, your uh, best economics. And, and it's changing because if you think about the old school way of advertising, 
um, you're just blind advertising, mm -hmm. right? Hoping that you get a few bites. But now you're getting targeted advertising, which is the whole like influencer marketing thing, how it all happened, was that you're getting people to, re it's the recommendation economy. Yeah. You're getting people to recommend based on something that they're already interested in mm. and packaging it out. Now take that a step further and become the recommender of your own, mm. of your own like, exactly. brand. And it's, it's crazy. Yeah. It really is. And yeah. I think you, you know, you mentioned this point just before yeah. uh, when we were talking is big, big shift. And I think it's, probably the best shift is mm. it's moved towards content yeah. rather than just creator. Yeah. So the focus on good content, the focus on engagement, the focus on informing people is becoming yeah. more and more important. Again, it's going to be really interesting to see how that precludes people from getting involved if they don't have the means to create quality content. Mm -hmm. So I think it's going to, as with every opportunity, yeah, yeah. there are more and more yeah. challenges. Yeah. You know, guys like Dream Factory, what you guys are doing, is like, <laughs> it's awesome. No, it's really, really cool because it's yeah. giving people those tools. Yeah. But again, you know, it's another barrier to entry. Like if yeah. it doesn't look good, if it doesn't sound yeah. good, it's tougher. Although, and then for the resourceful mm -hmm. um, amongst, especially like Gen Z, right? Um, you just have, you have your phone. Everyone has a phone now, yeah. and you see how like viral people are going. Mm. And you don't have to go viral. That's not, I, I use that term loose. You don't have to go viral, but people are able to just pick up their phone, mm. tell stories, and build a brand around it. Um, and that is a, quite a new concept. Yeah. So I remember when people first, like people we knew, first started to like get into social media, and you just thought, oh, it's a bit self-serving. Mm. Like, it's, it's a bit weird. It's a bit. And then you realize that actually no, like there's real businesses being built out of it. Yeah. Um, and it's not just a vanity thing anymore. Someone creating content is the same as someone else going to the gym yeah. in that some people might go to the gym just to look good, yeah. but most people do it to feel good. Yeah. Most people do it to, to achieve something outside. Yeah. Of it. And I think it's just part of the, you know, it's another string to the bow that people have. Do you struggle constantly? <laughs> every single day <laughs> with everything. <laughs> Certainly with like friends, perhaps who don't understand it, right? Who are much more traditional in their, like they don't get it, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I sometimes I've given up on explaining because I, it seems like a desperate attempt to explain or yeah. you kind of resort to, it sounds like you're showing off mm. and I don't want to fall into either camp. For sure. But, but I'm the type of person that like, when I discover something, like, get in on it. Yeah. I'm like, everyone get in on it, right? But not everyone wants to listen or they think it's silly or, or whatever. But then I don't want to be like, you don't understand how much money you can make or how much. Yeah, I, I think I found the, so when, when I started Real Sport, like, so I was doing my master's, we talk about risk, because yeah. my master's at LSE, I dropped out. I dropped yeah. out when Real Sport numbers really? started to pick wow. up. Yeah, huge risk, yeah, right? Yeah. And a lot of my friends were like, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're probably right. A lot yeah, of delusion, yeah. which goes 100%, into it, like 100%. on a pure risk analysis basis, it was an insane decision. Especially to back make. then, because it wasn't obvious that you could make money from exactly. content. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like it was, it was pre like meaningful monetization of content. So yeah. huge risk that we took. Um, but what I got to after a while was two main things. One is this was straight out uni, mm -hmm. if you remember. So I had all my homemates, I had all my uni mates. It was the biggest group of friends I ever had. Yeah. By the time we sold the company, I had like four mates. Uh, Do you know what I mean? Like it whittled down massively for multiple reasons. One, because some people won't get it. Yeah. A lot of your friends become haters. A lot of your friends mm. become haters. Absolutely true. Yeah. And it's on you to cut out toxic elements, yeah. I think. It's been brutal, but there's a way that I see it. But the other thing is, yeah, you just there's no point explaining. So when I started connected, yeah. even with my close mates, 
Didn't I, get it. I couldn't. No, it didn't bother. I didn't yeah. want to explain it. Like, I've been, no point. Yeah. I've been. I've been quite lucky. We've been quite lucky, Shaq and I, in that we have very supportive friends. Yeah. Right. Not all of them get it, but they'll support it. Right? Yeah. And that has been really helpful because mm. I'm actually not as. I don't know. Shaq's amazing at this. He can just be like, don't care. I'm not interested. Don't care what you have to say. Yeah. I'm the little, no, no, no. Love, <laughs> love me, love me. <laughs> like, right. So I really care about what people think about. Yeah. I'm starting to get better at it. Yeah. Um, and it would really impact me. Yeah. Um, but I'm starting to realize you can't win everyone over. 100%. And, and you also don't need to. 100%. So many people spend so many years trying to please everyone. Yeah. And then you realize you can't. No matter yeah. what you do. Yeah. So you can spend 30 years trying to placate everyone, yeah. living for other people, putting mm. them first. And still, even then, mm. can't please everyone. Yeah. So once you realize that, a good way of realizing that is doing stand up. Yes, well. I saw when you did that, mate. <laughs> you I'm, find out I'm very sick, quickly, mate, people I'm don't really appreciate you. A lot, of peop- <laughs> a lot of people actually um, are going into stand up and they say it's like one of the best things they've done for their business. Yeah. Uh, and like entrepreneurship and like their personal, like. I think the two biggest to... things for me yeah. is one, I did it after selling real sport. Okay. Made a lot of money for a 26 year old. Yeah. Bomb in a room of 80 people. Humility yeah. restored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, straight back down to earth. Yeah. Second thing is, like, genuinely, there's nothing scarier yeah. than bombing in front of like 200 people. So after that, any meeting, like, I gave a talk at Goldman Sachs last yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, I saw, mate. Unbelievable. Water off a duck's back. Unbelievable. After bombing, like, mm. at the comedy store, like, everything else is easy. It's so funny because I used to be such a good public speaker. Honestly, I, don't, I, would, I, can, I would walk into any room and just be like, yeah, it's calm, I'll just go up and do it. I've only just developed, like, I get the frog in my throat now. Beforehand, as soon as I get flowing, um, I'm fine. But it's, it's really weird. I'm like, how have I developed that later on? Because people would look at me and consider me quite a confident person. That's really interesting. What yeah. do you think it is? I don't know. I think it's a number of, um, probably just like life experiences yeah. where... Maybe like also like actual like working too much and like being just mildly borderline anxious all the time. Yeah. Because you're not sleeping as much. You're always working and you're switching from one thing to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't the one thing of the day that I'm thinking about. Um, where I'm like, oh wait, am I am I prepped for this? Because my style of like delivering, like um, is always. I think I'm I'm capable of doing it. So I'm going to go out and see how it's done. It's not super rehearsed. I'm mm. never super rehearsed, and it can work really in my favour. Yeah. But the one or two times it, it doesn't, you're just like, <laughs> oh my god, nothing is landing. Yeah, it's that was very funny. That's but very, I can imagine. But, so that's great, though. That's great. I think if you can have that extemporaneous style of speaking, where it's like you know what you're talking about, but it's not over rehearsed, because mm. otherwise the people feel that very quickly. Yeah, yeah. 100%. If it comes across inauthentic again, like it comes across like. You're too prepared, and like yeah, you, yeah. you know, you've just learned this off by heart. Yeah, not in the moment. Like, yeah, yeah. I but agree. yeah, you know, it's listen. It never goes well all the time, right? I was yeah, right. I, I was going to ask you as well because, mate, I've been following your content intently. I love that. Um, love that. But <laughs> you, you touched on as well um, how you lose a lot of people and you lose a lot of things. There's a great sacrifice in being an entrepreneur, mm. um, and even like a, a, a an entrepreneur that's still working as well. Like I'm, I'm starting to realize I can't spin every plate yeah i've just i'm just getting there now because yeah. i think i've tried to just carry on as normal but i'm not living a normal life anymore no you're not and at all. it's like i was at first it was like yeah like i finish work and then i log back on and do my own thing or I'm, on the weekends i'm doing this or um i'm kind of always working but yeah it's fun it's funny it's funny um 
and then I'm still trying to keep up my social appearances and like all my friends. And then quite quickly, my WhatsApp is feels like a second inbox. Yeah. And I love my friends and I feel like I want to show them that I love them, but sometimes I just, I will miss stuff. Yeah. Um, and I remember you saying as well, like friendships, relationships, like miss out. Yeah. Um, and you really do need people to understand. Yeah. And I'm only getting to that point now where I, someone actually took me, sat me down and went, you're too busy. I was like, am I? But, but I'm here with you right now. <laughs> like I'm capable of being, I'm giving you my time. Yeah, but you're not there, right? Yeah, it's mad. You're not there. I mean, you need to have really understanding people around you because the thing is like with a brain like yours, right? Sometimes you can be present, but you're mm. not present, right? mm. especially with the amount of plates you're spinning, right? Mm. So relationships that can take a hit, friendships can take a hit. Ultimately, it's all about prioritization for you. Mm. And I think at the end of the day, like, whether life's a simulation or not, we only get one shot at it, right? Yeah. And you've, we've all ultimately got to feel comfortable and happy with the prioritizations that we make. Mm. And ultimately, you know, like at, at, in bed at night, at the end of the day, there's only one person you want to, right? Yeah, yeah. And, that's, and that's yourself mm. in terms of, of how you're feeling. Mm. And it's just a thing for everyone to know on their own journey. That's why every journey is so different. Yeah, like, yeah. We talk about glamorization of doing this mm. thing. We shouldn't glamorize it. We should celebrate it if it's the right thing for ourselves. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it's not for everyone. So I think you've just got to come to like a point where you feel good yeah. with the decisions that you're making. So for me, it's I, I get my friends together once every two, three months, mm. and that's my social. Like, yeah, yeah, but I love working with my team. Yeah, like my I've, like we have such an amazing culture. So yeah. I, I think I've overcompensated yeah, my you lack get your of fix. Yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. By building more of like a, a team and friendly culture, which yeah. is actually great for the business. Yeah. But ultimately like you've just got to you've got to know what you're comfortable with. Yeah mate, I've, I'm gonna that's gonna sit in there because I think it's being comfortable slowly with the sacrifices that you yeah. might have to make. Yeah absolutely. Um, and then do you sometimes I'm like okay these sacrifices I'm making why? Do you ever get to the why am I doing it? Yeah. And then, Every day. Yeah. <laughs> and then I realize, and then I sit there, I'm like, right, take all of this away from me, right? Which, fine, whatever. Um, I, I never did it for the money. Yeah. Um, at the start, we weren't making money, but it was taking all of my time, right? Um, what would I be doing instead? Mm. I'd be itching to do something else. For sure. Like, because I can't just, for sure. Especially now that I've seen. I'm broken away from, from, from the matrix, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't just sit still. 100%. So I say there's, there's two things that I've seen with the most successful people I know, mm. very rarely money-oriented. Okay. Very rarely money-oriented. Yeah. It's, they would be bored in half an hour. Yeah. Into, you know, curious yeah. mind, whatever you call it. But also, like, if philosophy is the love of thinking, yeah. I, I, entrepreneurialism is the love of building, yeah. right? Yeah, it's just the love of building. Yeah. Like I love, I'm not doing this for a payoff at the end. Yeah, I'm doing this because I'm. I want to see how far I can go. Yeah, my, my one of my mates um, who are, was a previous co-founder of mine with um, the bakery. Yeah, back yeah. in uni days. Dan, um, yeah. you, I, there's a smirk there. The bakery was great. The bakery was a good brand. <laughs> oh mate, it's a lifetime ago. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, he. Yeah. Yeah. He basically said to me, he's one of my best friends, has known me for, for years, like uh, over a decade now, and he said to me that you just like building shit. And that's how he summarized it. He just said, yeah. I think you just like building shit. Because yeah. um, cause, cause it, it does take a weird obsession, right? Uh, and I can imagine that I, am, I can be quite annoying when I'm just banging on about this stuff. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> but, which I also find hilarious and some people might find, find endearing and other people will be like, oh, what a prick. Yeah. Um, but I think that's what it is. Yeah. I think it's the, the moments that you get whilst you're building something, like for you, maybe building a team. Mm -hmm. And for me, honestly, like we've recently taken on someone mm -hmm. and it's been crazy to like hand stuff over, which we've had to do because we're yeah. scaling. And then I thought, wow, like we've got someone who's dedicated his, his own Amazing. personal time to, to this thing that we've built. And it's, it's a crazy moment, but you're like, oh, wow, like this, is, this actually is something tangible, yeah. right? Um, yeah. And you'll also find that when you start bringing in more people, yeah. your desire to make it work will increase yes. because it then becomes about rewarding the people who are giving Mate, their time. It's already like, so even though it's just one person who has said, this is my full-time thing, right? I'm like, we have to make money. Yeah, it's like this has to work. We, we have to make money. Yeah. I need to, I want him, I want money for him. Yeah. Like, and, and I want him to feel like, so it's, it is quite an empowering thing. Mm -hmm. And with the way you guys have grown, did you find that impact the effect? Yeah, level? of course. I mean, look, it's tough as well in the sense of, you know, we hired a lot of people. We had to let a lot of people go because we have incredibly high mm. expectations and we hire super ambitious people. Mm. And, you know, again, this comes back to the thing of like, you can spend your life placating everyone, mm. but ultimately the people, the placators, mm. they end up getting fucked. Mm. Well, because if you're a replicator, it means it falls on your head. Yeah. And ultimately, as a CEO, like we've raised quite a lot of money now. Like, yeah. And more for my team, who mm. are super ambitious. Like, you can't hold on to people who don't have the same level of ambition, don't have the same level of effort. Mm. So, and that was the, the, the hardest thing. That's the thing which weighs heaviest on me. When mm. you unfortunately have to let someone go, it never gets easier, and it's it's always a horrible you know conversation mm. to have. But we're really really fortunate in that. We've had two people leave the business mm. and uh, as in who wanted to leave the business and both asked for their jobs back within two wow. months. One left for Amazon, one left for Warner Brothers. Wow. They both wanted to come back because of how strong the culture we built is. Wow. But that also makes it harder at times. Mm. So we have to let people go, like they don't want to go and I understand mm. it, but it's that team environment rather than family environment yeah. that allows us to grow in that way because it's like, we all got to be in this together. We all expect, mm. the, you know, the highs of each other. Like you're a United fan. Yeah. You know, oh, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, things are so bad yeah, right yeah. now, but it's, you know, teams grow and adapt. They change yeah. and people come, people go. So you've got to have that, but it's, yeah, it's never easy, but you, the thing which drives you on, we had Nick Telson on the other day on, yes. on the podcast. Well, yeah. And m most entrepreneurs have had an exit. Like the best day ever is when you can repay back yeah. your saw, early investors, your yeah. early employees. That's the best feeling. Yeah, I bet, I bet. And he was, that was such an interesting, um, it's, it must feel like a bit of a spiritual experience because you're, you take someone into a room and, and you tell them, I'm about to change your life. Yeah. That's crazy, like yeah. being able to deliver that. And that must be amazing because it's like, you believed in me. Yeah. Here you go. Yeah. Thank you. And the best feeling is like giving, and on a smaller scale is like, when you're able to give someone a pay rise because mm. actually, they're contributing in a way that's growing everything and like yeah. it makes such a difference to people like yeah. these are the things which you know make the world go around right? yeah it's mad so uh, in our situation right it's uh, a friend of mine he's amazingly talented and he made the very brave decision to quit the rat race like a year ago and then he went traveling for eight months didn't work but he's also a part-time creative uh -huh. but he's amazing like you've seen our amazing videos now how we've scaled it's him who does oh, it oh nice yeah and he's built a bit of a team and then he's come back from traveling 
after having like um, a year of like self-discovery and like, he's, he's been through a lot. And he was like, after all that, do I have to go back and get a job? <laughs> so he's in this in-between stage where like he, he's got his parents who care for him a lot. He's like, what are you going to do? Yeah. And then I was like, come work with me. Um, and it was, it's amazing to be like, right, here's your route out of having to go back to work and do something you actually want to do and build instead. Amazing. Um, and that, that is like, it's, it's amazing to think that you can give that kind of opportunity with people. I don't want to make it sound like I'm giving this opportunity. No, of course. This yeah. is an opportunity. This is all him, right? To, to build um, and build together. But being um, able to be a conduit of that yeah, is to, amazing. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right, so I, we could do this for... Like, yeah, no, we'll no, no. You'll definitely come back on, but <laughs> got five, a few questions for okay, you to ask cool. everyone. All right, first one is, what's the single biggest risk you've taken and what was the outcome? Um, probably convincing my mate to give me a load of his savings <laughs> so, we, so we can launch Millennial Money. Uh, <laughs> that is a big risk to you. Yeah, because yeah. at the time we, 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 we were earning and just getting ourselves into more debt. I don't even know if we'd long got ourselves out of debt by the time I was like, yo, just, just give, me, give me your savings and we'll, we'll join our savings together and launch this thing. Um, it paid off in that, not, not just financially, but because we're still very much on that journey but just like the opportunities and learnings that have come from that, the conversations I've been able to have. Um, probably, yeah, being like, listen, just just trust my delusion. I mean, I think this is how you know you're a born founder. That's a tougher pitch you're yeah. ever gonna make, right? Yeah. Getting your best mate to give me your life savings. Uh, that's amazing. Okay, what is the single thing? And, and I, this doesn't have to just be within the yeah, 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 money. Of course, yeah. Single thing you're proudest of. So, um, my, it's probably actually uh, something that I was able to do recently, maybe in the last three years. Um, my, my, my mother passed away 18 months ago. And when we found out that she, her, her cancer had recurred and she was going to go back into chemotherapy, um, I, I was like, I wanted to like do something for her. Every son wants to do something for their mum, yeah. right? So I like refurbished um, the downstairs of her house, wow. which didn't feel like a big thing at the time. I was like, yeah, this is cool. I'm going to do this thing, do this project. And she had six months in that environment and my mum was a really simple woman and she, you could see how happy she was and that just loved that oh my god wow this is something so small that my sons did um but now i look back and i really like value that yeah. experience and being able to do something um because i think a lot of people go their whole lives being like one day i'm going to do something for my parents and i didn't know my mum was going to have such a short life but Luckily, I was given the opportunity to, to, to do something. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. No, 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 amazing. Something to be incredibly proud of. That's, yeah, it's amazing. Um, okay, what does it take to be successful? Um, I think uh, a, a high degree of delusion, right? Love that. Yeah, you won't definitely. be surprised the amount of people who say that, No, right? right? 100%. <laughs> you have to be deluded into thinking that there is a possibility that you'll succeed beyond like your current imagination. Um, discipline i think that's a big thing and i haven't always had it but i think a lot of the time when you look at success here and you're way over here the only way you're not going to be able to jump from here to there but mm. just turning up every day even when it doesn't feel like you're winning is if that's the discipline that it takes right turning up and being like oh my god this is a pain i can't believe i have to do this i'm not getting anything in return but just turning up anyway um you can apply that to anything fitness business um, I think discipline is really important. So discipline and delusion, probably. Amazing. Two Ds. Love yeah. that. Okay. Anything that you look back at that you'd have done differently? 
Yeah, I think um, when I graduated, I would have, so I was the eldest sibling, right? Mm -hmm. Like first in my family to go uni. Um, I felt a lot of pressure to just not make any slip ups. There wasn't any room for error. Um, but I would have just maybe taken a bit of time to myself to realize what it is that I'm good at. What do I want to do? Give myself back that time. Um, and I think I would have made slightly different decisions. Um, I don't regret it, but I reckon if I'd have given myself maybe even a year, yeah. I would have probably made better decisions way earlier in my life. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. And as we say, you know, if you're happy with the here and now, yeah. ultimately you don't change anything right? exactly. because it's led to, led you to this point. But always interesting to hear that it makes a lot of sense and it's um we had pierce linney on the show yeah, last week he was an awesome guy and and you know he was saying like it's uh so much of the way that we need to craft our journey in the early days yeah is so impacted by all the, the voices around us and it's rarely our voice and we could all do better by listening to ourselves yeah a bit for more, sure right okay my last question for you is 15 year old niaz walks in the room right now what are you going to tell him Wow. <laughs> wow. Um, keep coding because mm -hmm. you absolutely don't know how to code now. <laughs> because uh, maybe, keep, maybe keep coding and um, just keep like keep smiling and be, keep being naive, I think, um, and open to opportunities. Like don't don't let the world make you a pessimist, because I think I was just a raging optimist always, um, annoyingly so sometimes. So I'd say like just keep that kind of innocence. Love that, love yeah. that. Anything you want to plug? Um, follow us at Millennial Money UK and at Loose Change Pod. Um, we have loads of conversations um, to help share the experiences of young people. Um, and yeah, you're always welcome to reach out to us as well. We're a friendly face. Amazing, yes, thank you so much. Mate, thank you so much for having me. It's nice amazing. one.